people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want, want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is Sri Chalapa with People Strategy Leaders Podcast, and I have today Lori Duguay, who's a leadership development expert. She's also a workplace culture strategist. Lori helps organizations build workplace culture and people-centered leaders that will engage, attract, and keep high-performing talent and ultimately help them thrive in the new world of work. By combining expertise accumulated over 20 years of working in government as an HR strategist with powerful Everything Disc Psychometric Tools, she provides existing and new and future leadership with training tools and resources required to unleash and maintain their team's full potential. Well, welcome to the show, Laurie. I'm excited to have this discussion around culture and leadership and this whole trend around quiet quitting, which is obviously a, 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 a new term for something that's already been there. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, Laurie, let's talk about uh, one of the things that we are talking about today, which is quite quitting, which not necessarily, we should necessarily talk about that. But what I want to talk about is culture drives the behaviors, uh, which lead to, you know, elements of that. So what does, you know, in your opinion, what does a high quality workplace culture look like? That's a great question. So when we talk about a high quality workplace culture, we talk about, you know, what are the kind of attributes of a workplace that make people not just want to show up and occupy space or as I refer to them be tenants of the workplace but really show up and go above and beyond and really you know really go fulfill their entire and perform to the level that's expected from the organization so although we can't motivate a person directly what we can do is actually create that work environment they find highly motivating and and there's actually specifically 10 in, like motivational drivers that are linked to employee engagement so when you think about, okay, what are some of those 10 drivers is people want to work for a place where they understand their role, they understand their responsibilities, they know the expectations of the organization, but also really understand what they can expect from the organization. So they, they seek clarity. That's one of the drivers, clarity. So you want to make sure that you're infusing clarity at every level of your end-to-end -end employee journey, if you want. So when you talk about, you know, as you're bringing them into the organization, so specifically, when we're talking about, you know, we're at the we're at the interview and we're just pitching ourselves as a company, right? Because we we know that it's a job seekers market and that's where we are now. We're actually pitching ourselves to prospective candidates. So as you're pitching yourself, you're providing them with the information they need to start gaining that understanding of their roles and responsibilities. And you're you're actually providing enough information to them so that they're starting to get excited to work for your organization. Because communication is that second is a, is a second driver, right? They want to work for an organization that keeps them in the know. They want to work for an organization that gives them the level of information they need to be able to, you know, do the work they're expected to do. They want information to flow kind of bottom up, top down. They want to work for organizations that also facilitates the flow of information between colleagues and peers, right? Um, 
you know, th there's 10. I think it would take a long time for us to go through all 10. Right. But relevant to this specific topic um, and, and this podcast, I think it's important to understand that, and we've all heard that it's almost become a bit of a cliche, people don't leave bad jobs, they leave bad leaders. So leadership is really key in, in kind of um, being able to not only create that work environment, that workplace culture, but also to support it and to maintain it on, an, on a long-term basis, right? So people no longer want to work for those command and control leaders. They want to work for leaders who empower and coach them. They want to work for organizations whose leaders understand the value of coaching rather than telling. I use the analogy often with my, you know, it's, it's the difference between telling a child where their coat is every time they can't find their coat. They're going to come back to you to ask where the coat is. But if you teach the child and you coach them into figuring out where it could likely be, the next time they're going to apply that kind of strategic thinking and critical thinking to try and find their coat instead of coming to you. Well, it's the same thing with leaders and managers and supervisors, right? They're constantly telling and providing answers instead of helping employees actually kind of co coach them into uncovering the answers themselves. Then they're just creating and, and, and enabling that dependency, right? Yeah. Um, so... Talking about attracting the high quality talent uh, as a leader, you know, I I wonder as a individual who's applying for a job, right, at this place, how will they find out if that place is a high culture uh, or high quality culture or not? You know what? That's actually something that I work with my clients on. I, I start with that question. How will they find out, right? And that's where they start to get those aha moments of, Oh my God, you're right. We need to put something together to start conveying that culture right at the onset of that relationship, be it, you know, as they're sending out just invites to the interview, maybe an invite to the interview includes a little video of the kind of things that happen and the kind of work they do uh, within that organization. Maybe it talks about success stories of some of their clients so people can start to get invested into that, that broader purpose and impact of the organization. And you're already starting to plant those seeds of loyalty and to start to plant that seed of excitement in prospective um, candidates before they even step into the interview, but then at the interview itself, right? That's again, your opportunity to continue to, to showcase some of that culture through maybe sharing of stories, or, or maybe you know, you've got a video again that, that continues to get them excited. Maybe you actually bring in someone who's you know, recently come into the company and you get them to provide kind of their testimonial on it. So mm -hmm. I think there's a number of ways that you can do it, but I love your question in that that's actually one of the questions I start with. Okay. So yeah, how because, are you, doing it? you know, if you think about it as an individual applying for a role, the basic information they have is the role and to some extent the compensation that goes with that role. Yeah. Um, so they can get excited about it because they're getting a promotion with this new role. Maybe it's, you know, the compensation is 20, 30, percent higher, which is not uncommon these days. Um, other than that, the only thing they know about the culture is what they read on Glassdoor or on LinkedIn and yeah. some of the other social and uh, websites out there. So I think your point around uh, being able to do that as part of that experience in the recruitment process uh, with videos and testimonials and other types of uh, discussions uh, that that elite, then the person the hiring manager can have on the culture is is extremely important uh, because I think the world sh shifted especially since the pandemic as we've been all been talking about yeah. where the power center is not with the employers anymore where they say yeah. we have a job you know we will tell you as little as possible I want you to tell us everything ab about you 
that's not true anymore. You can't you can't hire good quality candidates with that approach. It's more like it's a this is a relationship we're getting into. So ask me whatever you want to. I will tell you everything I can tell you about our culture. And let's see if there's a good fit. Maybe it's not a good fit, you know, and, and it's good for both of us to know that up front rather than try to, you know, recruit somebody and, and then not get the right, uh, you know, performance and uh, engagement from that individual. Absolutely. It is a job seekers market out there. And, and that is the kind of kind of shift and pivot in the interview process and the mindset of how you approach that entire exercise needs to, to that's the shift precisely that needs to happen, right? People need to move towards this is a conversation. This is almost like a, not a date, but essentially, you know, let, let's have that conversation. Let's see if there's synergies. Let's see if you're a good fit. But on the flip side, I'm also going to provide you with enough information so that you can determine whether or not you feel it's a good fit, right? Because, you know, right from the onset, you want that level of commitment from this prospective candidate. You don't want them signing on just for salary or promotional reasons, right? They really want, you want them to be signing on because they want to be a part of what you do as an organization. Yeah, yeah. So earlier, when we were talking before the podcast, uh, you, talk, you talked about the antidote to bad culture uh, driving leaders. So can you, can you elaborate that a little bit? Absolutely. Uh, so, so the antidote, I was referencing a blog that I, a mini series blog that I've published, and it's really about um, linking those kind of engagement motivational drivers. So those 10 secret ingredients, if you will, uh, to, and then to a formula. So people understand they're starting to, to, to kind of wrap their minds around what is it that drives motivation? Okay. What are some of the features I need to put into it, but they don't quite understand the how, right? So it's really about teaching them the how. So the formula itself is to link it directly to that employee experience. So I encourage employers to, okay, now you're going to think, put yourself in the shoes of a candidate. Let, let's come back to our, our very recent example of at the interview. Okay, how are you conveying those, those engagement drivers? How are you providing them right from the get-go, right when you know, you're trying to impress them? How are you conveying that clarity of role? How are you actually talking about the purpose and impact of your organization? How are you starting to transmit that culture at that very exercise, right? And then let's move along that employee journey. Okay, now you're bringing them in or, or between even the interview and when you extend the job offer, how are you communicating and keeping them informed of the process as a, as a means of starting to showcase the level of communication they can and, and transparency they can expect if they choose and select you as an employer, right? As you're bringing them out and you're onboarding and orienting them to their role, are you making that, as in most cases, unfortunately, you know, a half day or to a one week exercise where they're sitting in front of a computer reading a bunch of documents, ISO documents or whatnot, or onboarding documents, or are you actually starting to facilitate connections, which is another motivational driver, those relationships, by having them connected with a buddy and the buddy system and the whole buddy um, um, concept is predicated on the buddy is responsible not for teaching the technical parts of the job, but rather to start to convey and transmit parts of the culture. This is typically where people go for break. If you want a coffee, there's a, you know, Tim Hortons, I'm Canadian, so I'm going to go with Tim Hortons, whatever, whatever it is. So there's a Tim Hortons, you know, three doors down or right around the corner, starting to convey those things, even something as, you know, I had an organization I was working with, and they were having a lot of turnover within the first two weeks of, of their, their clients starting. And when I started to kind of prod and figure out what's happening, 
Well, we actually did some interviews with some clients who had turned over some employees who had left. And one of them had left because he didn't even know he was never shown where the washrooms were. Like it, it's so, it sounds so as if, as if they couldn't find it. But when you're very intimidated and you're coming into a very large organization, these are little things that make a huge difference, right? So if they'd had a buddy system of sorts, do a bit of a walk around of the place, you know, and say, here, this is where everything is, you know, I'm your lifeline for the first week or first month. If you need anything, don't be shy, right? So right away, the person starts to feel like they're part of something. They're part of a team. They're connected. So these, so I have them map out everything from, okay, now they've onboarded them, oriented them. As they're transitioning out of that, how are you continuing to engage them? How are you continuing to provide all of these kind of motivational drivers? You know, how are you training and developing them? Because that's another one that drives. They want to know that they're going to be invested into growing and to evolving within that organization, right? So how are you conveying potential career paths to them, where they can go from here, where they can grow from here, right? Either to hone their skills in their existing position, or maybe they want to ascend to a higher one. So throughout that experience, so really linking it to the talent development, that end-to-end -end employee journey, mapping it out, seeing, okay, this is how we're doing it now, okay, where are we missing the mark? And which, which drivers are we not providing? Then really starting to kind of strategize on how to do that better, how to provide a more human, more engaging experience as a means of providing that overall more positive and, and more engaging culture. Yeah, and I think that's a really awesome way to explain it. You know, it's the end-to-end -end journey where a person joins, they need to feel welcomed first of all, right? And then they need to have some sort of a, a buddy or a mentor uh, or both, both to help them, yeah. uh, help them acclimatize to the culture first. Exactly. It's not about necessarily acclimatizing to their job or their role or what they need to do because they're going to do that anyway. Exactly. Um, but having that uh, setup where somebody is welcoming them, taking them out for coffee, talking to them about how the culture is, or who the you know where the where the key players are letting them know how you know and also you know some of the things are not published anywhere right how do you get stuff done in an organization you have to build those relationships those networks use that influence or who are the other influencers who get stuff done you know those things yes. evolve over time and it's, they're not printed on any document anywhere exactly that's 100 percent what i mean is to how do you transmit those unspoken things and how do you make sure that they are being transmitted otherwise people are left feeling in the dark and feeling like an outsider within your organization right yes yes excellent so um whose job is this in an organization i know i i've said it before i think it starts with great leaders it starts with leaders being able they are the creators of that culture and then it's about kind of enlisting champions. You talk about influencers. It, it's about creating and, and, and uh, striking the, these coalitions of workplace influencers and help getting them to kind of continue to not only, you know, uh, move forward with some of the, the, these input, you know, these fixes that we talked about earlier, these, okay, here's how we need to further infuse this particular motivational driver. Maybe we need to implement this, that, the other thing, but also to be able to continue to measure uh, that engagement level, because it's not a one and done exercise. It's an ongoing exercise. You need to be checking in regularly with your people, right? Um, and, and, and so I think it starts with great leaders who are able to empower then their people to take this on themselves and own part of that culture and transmit. You talked about Glassdoor, you know, who, who posts on that? Employees, right? So I think it's important to also provide them a culture where 
you're comfortable and you, you encourage them to post on Glassdoor. I have a client who I asked him, what's your secret sauce? Like he says, I've never spent a penny in recruiting or marketing for recruiting. I said, wow, what's your secret sauce? He says, good people know good people and provide a good work experience and encourage them to talk about it. So he actually encourages his employees to go out there and actually post testimonials and post reviews on their workplace experience. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself has provided him with a pipeline of people that he's able to bring into the organization on a regular basis. Yeah, I think leaders and organizations in general underestimate that marketing is not just about, uh, underestimate the power of employer brand marketing, right? They're spending so much effort and time on marketing to their prospective customers that they forget that you have to market, and more so now than ever before, to yeah. prospective hires as well Absolutely. and build that culture and it and they and they actually uh work with each other right because even, even a buyer wants to know that you have a good culture um and the person who's getting uh hired on not wants to know you have a good uh, strategy with your customers and your employees are happy because a good employee and a happy employee will treat the customers well and that's basically the, the key there that is the key absolutely so um so uh, we have a few minutes left here. I just wanted to touch upon, uh, you are a culture strategist, a leadership coach. Um, so how do you typically, what's your process? How do you help organizations? Um, so, so normally that's, I come in kind of from an oversight position, right? So, so I help them map out that current state. Uh, and I like to meet my clients where they're at. So, you know, nobody's doing a ton. I'm not there to tell them everything they're doing wrong. I'm there really just to see what is it here, what are some of the practices and that you currently have that we can actually build on to make them more inclusive, to make them more engaging. But then, okay, which ones should we think about actually injecting into your, your day-to-day operations and your people management practices to make sure that you are um, you know, getting that? So I'll work with them, we'll develop the strategy, and normally I'll actually strike some working teams, like some working groups within their organization so that I'm actually building capacity within the organization so that they can then take this and maintain it on a long-term basis, right? Because then they've got the framework and they've got the the entire kind of um, um, program to be able to continue to manage that engagement and that culture on a regular basis. So that's typically how I approach it. Also, I have a leadership development program that I've um, developed. Again, predicated on this this idea of moving moving leaders away from command and control and helping them pivot to the more people-centric approach. So it's um, it's a three-phase uh, program, train, coach, connect. The training portion, we provide them with like actual modules and webinars all about, you know, co- courageous conversations, strategic communications, and, you know, how do you build those high levels of trust that, that, that really drive high-performing teams um, and, and conflict management and how, why you need to encourage conflict because conflict can be a very, you know, innovative, uh, phenomenon. So how do you do that and do it in, in a way that's very effective? So we do 12 of those modules. They get a workbook that's kind of building in their toolkit. So again, building capacity within the leader themselves. Then we connect them with a coach once they've done those modules. So then they actually get a professional coach that helps them kind of, okay, here's, I've gained all this self-awareness. I know where I need to grow. Let, let's establish some growth goals and then let's map out a plan for the next six months. They're going to meet on a regular basis to continue to hone those kind of skills and to continue to, to really, really step into their full leadership potential. 
And the last portion is connect. I think it's really important. One of the things I hear loud and clear from leaders is that it's very, it's a very lonely position. So I connect them through, um, you know, a network um, of other leaders where they're able to, on a monthly basis, join masterminds and troubleshoot some collective issues that they're all struggling with. So that train coach connect approach really provides that most fulsome uh, training experience to build up the tools, uh, build up the skills, sorry, and competency of either aspiring, new, or more seasoned, as I like to refer to them, leaders. Excellent. So that's typically the approach. Very well thought out process. Thank you, Lori, for that, uh, um, you know, that, that discussion around, around your process. Um, so, Lori, how can people find you uh, and get in touch with you for, you know, if they want to look at improving their culture and leadership? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn for sure. I, we also have a website, thepeopleperson.ca, of course, the name of the business being rooted in I help them be more people centric. Um, so, so thepeopleperson.ca. They're welcome to visit the website. I've also got, like I said, some a blog on there. They can join our Thrive Hive, which is essentially our, our community um, that you'll get regular updates, tips, tricks, all relevant, of course, to you know workplace culture and leadership. So they're welcome to do either or. Excellent. Well, thank you, Lori, for being on the show. I really appreciate uh, you being here and giving us some really good insights on how to think about culture holistically from before you even hire all the way when they're in the organization. Thank you. Thank you for having me. On, th on that note, you talked about brand marketing. I think we're talking about that that all the way through. I think we, I, we, we forgot to just mention really quickly at the exit too, on that exit, how are you securing that brand? What are you, you know, what kind of information are you gather, gathering and how are you, how's that experience happening? How's that experience happening to kind of protect your brand and maintain your brand and to ensure that that reputation remains intact. So just another food for thought on that one. But thank you for having me. It's really been yeah, a great conversation. Absolutely. Thanks, Laurie. We'll maybe we'll need to do another session just focusing <laughs> on the exit part yeah. of the part of the culture. Absolutely. With that, uh, thanks again. This is Sri Chalapa again with People Strategy Leaders Podcast. Until next time. Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag people strategy leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios, for recording and mixing this show.